Hello everyone and welcome to Deeply Simple. My name is Vidushi Sandeer and I'm so glad that you're here. At Deeply Simple, we do what's in the name. We break down deep concepts around wellness, mindfulness, into simple and easy to understand habits, routines and tools that are not only effective but also time efficient. Everything that I discuss here has been tried by me through my journey of healing and wellness over the years. Today, I want to talk about a skill that can be critical to sustaining deep and meaningful relationships. I use the word sustain and the word deep intentionally. The skill I will talk about applies to any relationship but is most relevant to the ones we wish to sustain over a period of time, such as one with a romantic partner or a long-term friend or a sibling. I use the word deep because the work needed to build these skills is worthwhile if you wish for a bond that goes intimate and beyond weather chat. The skill that I want to talk about is the ability to hold space for a loved one. What does it really mean? We as human beings go through a variety of experiences and some of those experiences might be painful or overwhelming. Think new job, new city, divorce, kids, health issues, and so many other circumstances. The ability to let our loved one express whatever they are feeling without judging them, without trying to problem-solve their situation, or without being sucked into the emotion ourselves. That is the ability to hold space. Now, before we go any further, I want to clarify that this is not meant to condone ongoing emotional and physical abuse. But it's referencing those moments which are few and far in between when your loved one might act in a less than desirable way. Now, why is the skill critical? There are many studies highlighting that successful partnerships are based on the ability to allow vulnerability. We all know that vulnerability is hard and rears its very shy head only in a safe space. Allowing that space hence becomes critical to foster a bond where vulnerable sharing and expression are actually welcomed. Before we go into the ways you can develop the muscle to hold space, let's kind of practically talk about what holding space can look like. And there are three things that I can condense this into. First, listening with empathy, but from a distance. This allows you to be empathetic without being sucked into the emotion yourself. If you get angry at their anger, a cry at their pain, sometimes the loved one might feel they lost the space to express their emotion and now they have to cater to yours. Second, being present. Truly present. Listening without a counter-narrative in your head. 
listening without preparing a response without the need to problem solve and finally the hardest taking a non judgmental stance allowing whatever emotions come up sometimes these emotions are not pretty can you allow your loved one to have that moment without jumping in to judge or correct None of what I said above is easy and can take a lot of practice. I find myself slipping many times. In order to hold space for those who matter to you, and this is important, you need to first learn to hold space for yourself. Think of yourself as the test subject. Once you get expertise in how to hold space for yourself, you have gained the practical experience and can now start extending it to others. So let's talk about how to give yourself space first because once you learn that you have the tools to start extending space to others. There are three critical steps. Number 1, feel it. Next time when a difficult situation, conversation or emotion comes up, decide to sit with it. Use your will. You might have to put aside your phone Turn off the laptop, put a D&D message or turn off the TV. Just give yourself 10 minutes. If you have to step away from a meeting, do that. I promise you 10 minutes will not unravel your professional life. When I do this, it often helps me to take a few deep breaths and approach that emotion with curiosity, as if I'm observing someone else go through it. and the only task is to notice like a case study any sensations any thoughts any urges it will be uncomfortable because you're not used to it and you might feel the need to distract yourself if possible stick with the emotion whatever you think might be more important to handle in that moment instead of that emotion i can promise you that it is likely not Number 2 pattern exposure Now once you've trained yourself to notice and sit with your emotions a few times so first you when once you've done step number 1 a few times the thoughts and urges that you observed might reveal a pattern this is your unique style of behaving in a difficult situation it is likely that the style you use with yourself is the style you apply with others some common patterns include self criticism and can sound like you should be able to handle this it's not a big deal get a grip pattern can also include avoidance and can look like busying yourself in tasks which you convince yourself are very important basically anything to avoid feeling the emotion now that you understand your patterns we come to step number 3 compassionate acceptance i want you to imagine that all the information you gained the emotion your own style is being experienced by a very dear little child no matter how ugly the emotion what would you say to that child when i imagine a small child experiencing what i'm experiencing some thoughts that come to my mind are to the effect 
It's okay to feel this emotion. You're safe. We often jump to problem solving or avoidance because we feel there is something wrong with what we are feeling in the moment. It is this idea that makes people more miserable. The emotion you're experiencing is real in the moment. It is valid. It is okay to feel it. And any path forward starts with that acceptance. No judgment. And this is key. No judgment. No problem solving. Just acceptance. If you are able to find this zone within, and it's not going to happen overnight, know that this is you giving space to yourself. And just to summarize, three steps. Feel the emotion. Approach it with curiosity. This will start revealing patterns, which is step number two. Notice your own unique style. And step number three, compassionate acceptance towards your emotion and towards your style without taking any action on it. I'm going to stop at this step because I know that once you have mastered doing this with yourself and others, a lightness and space will open up that will hopefully guide you towards the next step in your situation. I can't tell you what that next step is. You are your own expert. In closing, I want to say that I often realize as an adult that our education system equipped us with a lot of academic and problem-solving competence, but completely ignored emotional competence. My podcasts are a way to bridge that gap, the way I bridged it and continue bridging it for myself. It is my humble effort to share with you all the difficult and uphill things I continue learning on this very mystical and difficult path of emotions. If you like this podcast, check out more episodes and subscribe because it really helps my channel and also because it'll help you stay informed of new episodes. In closing from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much for finding this podcast worthy of your time and sharing it with me. Thank mm-hmm. you.